When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it is the holiday special edition of the PHNX Coyotes podcast. We are at Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong's temporary home, I guess you could say. Um, thank you all so much for tuning into the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Petey, Craig, GM Bill Armstrong, and we've got Bobby and Stanley Armstrong here in and out of the shot. But uh, thanks so much for joining us, Bill, and thanks for having us. Thanks to you and Kyla. This is amazing. Well, this is uh, it's a great day to have you guys in the house and a little fireside <laughs> chat with the dogs and uh, get the uh, the you know the all the good uh, Yotes news out there. And uh, it's uh, it's a great day. This is awesome. Thank thanks again for having us, and Kyla, thank you so much. Um, but I guess we'll just dive right into it first of all what where are we like what is happening to your house like this is not your actual house can you explain a little bit about what's going on well we we uh, we were lucky enough to uh, as we were getting our house redone uh, rent a house that had a beautiful fireplace and uh, uh, i mentioned to craig one day i said we should do a little fireside chat it's uh, my wife uh, kyla loves the holidays uh, she loves the festive spirit of Christmas and, and everything about the holidays, I said, so you guys should come over to the house and uh, we'll do a little quick chat and uh, just about the Yotes, uh, you know, wh- where the Yotes are headed and, uh, and, and all the all the great news surrounding the team. And as we told Bill, we'll be back for every holiday now. So we'll <laughs> back. I'm not sure we're leaving. And, and, and this place is so big, I'm not sure they'd even notice if I was Like if you just sneak around. Creep around the other way. Yeah. Oh, he's coming, he's coming. No, it's beautiful. Thanks, thanks again for having us. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it is, it is the holiday season. So I, I got to ask, what are some of the traditions around the Armstrong household around this time of year? Well, we, we've, we try to have all, all the kids in. That's the biggest thing. You know, our, our kids are a little bit older, so they're off to university and working in the real world. And uh, so we just try to get everybody back. And uh, along with, uh, you know, Kyla's my mo- mom or my mom in town or whoever we can get in town that's family, it's it's nice. Um, it's a busy time as a GM. There's not many days yeah. off, you know. But in saying that, it's nice to have a little bit of that Christmas pull you uh, into the family, the family dinners and the presents and everything else. And uh, it's uh, it's it's a great time of the year as long as you're winning. Um, <laughs> so it's it's certainly uh, it's you know, it's our favorite time probably the year just having everybody in and the family around the dinners. What do, do you, you find do? that it's easier getting people to come from snowy Toronto, Canada <laughs> to Arizona in the winter? It is an amazing feat that happens. People get so (laughs) excited about Christmas in the desert and they want to come see us. So it is very easy. Uh, The family has adapted very quickly to the nice weather at Christmas time. Um, the dogs have adapted, so it's been it's been it's been a great place. And uh, let's be honest, there's not many places on Christmas Day you can go for a family hike. Uh, into the desert and, and do all the great things and just you know even sometimes lie around the pool or just be outside and uh, around the christmas time it's it's uh, it's a great it's a great family time and it's new traditions for the armstrongs 
we, we want to ask you about food because this is a, a debated topic among yeah. our show, um, <laughs> holiday food. Yeah. So what are your, you know, traditional, I guess, Christmas time foods and what is your take, I guess, on turkey on Christmas? Yeah, it's, it's turkey is, is, is probably the main thing that we have is most consistent um, in, in our end uh, of, of it. Just it's one of those main I, th- I think my wife and, and, and all the family loves to get in there and, and cook. Uh, we change it up once in a while. We'll throw some steaks every once in a while and uh, and do Not some different that. things or some ribs once in a while. But I'd say turkey eh, shows up the majority of time on Christmas. Are you a barbecue guy? Like, do you physically, you, Bill Armstrong, sit at the barbecue grill and make the steaks? I do. Okay. Um, Just checking. I, I'd say if we did the analytics on that, I'm very yep. average. <laughs> yeah. I'm, well, I'm very, I'm very average on the cooking around You're the house with the to family. Cook. So uh, okay. I do it because it, it, it seems to be my way that I can contribute. Yes. Um, um, so, but for the most part, it's, uh, you know, I've got into searing steaks lately and some stuff like that. Wow. And, and doing some, yeah. But for the most part, I'd probably say I'm uh, average cook. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm down with that. My problem is you have the same meal at Thanksgiving, then you turn around a month later and it comes back. This is so, Craig's yeah. platform. This like, is, this is yeah. my platform. So you're talking about steaks. Now you're talking my language because that's that's where we go with with Christmas dinner because we're yeah. sick of turkey. I, I've often thought like with the cleanup and everything, and it's just an idea it got shot down. Chinese Thai food yep. just ordered in done um, done. That's you know that's a Jewish Christmas. Yeah, I'm with yeah, you. I've, I've done. I've that. thought of that. It's got shot down, but I've I've just said, hey, listen, you know, uh, there's a lot of work in the cleanup. You know, we could we could Brilliant. avoid this. So. Mm-hmm. That's my kind can, of Can can we uh, reveal who shot it down, or is that you know? No, off no, the we're not. No, that's <laughs> okay. okay. We'll talk about yeah. that. I can guess. Uh, oh my goodness! Oh man! What memories do you have of the holiday? Whether it's as a kid, yeah, you know, a, a teenager, a young parent with with young kids, yeah. uh, or even recently. I think as a kid growing up, I knew on Christmas Day that it was cold enough where I grew up. We could always have a rink. So that was my goal is to get the rink done by Christmas Day. Nice. Christmas Day, you know, meant vacation time and you could be out on the rink with your friends. Um, and I was probably the first one to kind of in the neighborhood kind of manipulate it a little bit in the backyard and get, get ice in for Christmas Day pretty much every year. So that was my big thing. And it was a time of tournaments. I mean, as a kid growing up, we played all our major tournaments at Christmas time and that was huge. Or you're watching in the hometown, I grew up in Richmond Hill, they had a huge Pee Wee tournament. So that was a big thing. I, I think as a parent, um, just seeing the kids have joy with their presents, um, I think as a, as a young dad putting together that many presents, I thought there was something wrong with Christmas <laughs> at that point uh, because of all the assembly that went, went in. But um, <laughs> just seeing your kids, I mean, it's biggest thing as family at Christmas is to have everybody around. And it's just such a great time and, and your memories of, uh, of your kids. But it's funny because your life clearly revolves around hockey. And you yeah. talked about playing at the yeah. rinks. But now, since the CBA did the brilliant thing and did you the 24, 5, and 6, now you actually get a little bit of a bit of a break do you spend that time like you said do you sleep are you working is it family is it all of the above yeah it's, it's an inter- interesting question because as a gm your your brain is attached to 24 7 your job like there's no time off it's your con you have to constantly think about it because there's always something that you're you're trying to get accomplished even if it's even if it's christmas day so it's weird if you take time off for it and you just think about you know enjoying the day the family it's like you know, because something the next day is coming your way. And so you've yeah. got to be prepared for it. But, you know, you try and, and compartmentalize your time on Christmas and just say, okay, from these hours, these hours, it's going to be full on Christmas. And then, hey, as we move in later on here, I'm going to have to start thinking about the next day, the practices and, 
and who's coming up from the minors, who's going down. It's all those things that constantly revolve. But it is interesting. It's You never really get a full day as a GM to kind of enjoy. But as a player, you could disconnect, right? Like you playing yeah. at Christmas time, it's you're away from the rink. It's time to, yeah. to shut it down. You look you forward can't. to that as, yeah. as, as a player just for that time to be around your family or your wife or whatever's going on in your life at that time or who's coming to see you. You know, it's like, hey, listen, there's two days. It's shutdown time. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think the hardest part as a player is knowing you're going to have to perform without a lot of practice. And that's that's the hard part. Bill, we need to ask you about the sweater you're wearing because yes. we were, we were you know, we all were on the same page about wearing, I guess, quote unquote, ugly Christmas sweaters. But Bill for those who level. can't see from a distance or if you're listening on audio, um, so there's some coyotes wearing Christmas hats and then a cactus with Christmas lights. It's phenomenal. It's, it's a yeah. Christmas it's desert unreal. sweater. Yeah, unreal. It's, it was ordered off Amazon. Uh, my my <laughs> wife, um, who's pretty due diligent on the Christmas again, uh, picked this out for me. It, it doesn't fit that well, which I think... <laughs> It's even better. It even it's even a better <laughs> yeah, ugly yeah. Christmas sweater because it's an odd fitting, uh, uh, but it has everything that I believe in, which is coyotes and cactus. <laughs> so it's it's there like the perfect uh, it's the perfect ugly Christmas sweater. Did you get yours, Petey? Yeah, I I got mine on clearance when the new logos changed. It kind of describes you. A coyote, part of the coyote yeah. family, but I'm also cheap. <laughs> Just, that's on bread. Yeah, that's on bread. And yours, you had nothing to do with. I had nothing to do with. This. I had a sweater. Sweaters. It's literally that I was wearing yesterday. My family found out I was going to wear an ugly sweater, and they went out and bought one for me that has a cow on it with a bell, a cow bell on the bottom. <laughs> so yeah, it's the last time I wore this oh sweater. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right. Well, should we transition into talking about hockey? Yeah, now, sure. Craig? And I know you want to kick things off, Craig. Sure. Before we begin, I, I got to ask you about some news. Um, yeah. um, I was told the NHL is investigating the medical treatment of a facial injury that Yusuf yeah. Alamagi sustained in Dallas. What can you tell us about that incident and the investigation? Well, f- first of all, it's one of the scariest things I've seen. It, it was a 95 mile an hour slap shot straight to you know his 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 upper teeth. Uh, you know, and it, it just so happened we, I, I, I kind of knew his wife was at the game. And the first thing is I thought was about, mm-hmm. about her and wow. having to witness that, you know, yeah. firsthand. Um, and you know, the, the player that drafted it was Hockenpah who, uh, sorry, who shot it, who, you know, he was, he was disheveled too. Uh, it, it just was a straight slap shot to the mouth. Um, moving at 95 miles an hour. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and if you know Yusuf Alamaki, he's, he's somebody on our team that probably cares the most, the way he trains, the way he operates around the team. And so, you know, it's just what could we do for him, you know, at that moment? You know, is he getting, you know, you know what's going what's gonna to be the next step? You know, and I can remember texting the trainers right away, even though the game was going on, where is he, how bad is it? You know, and they said, hey, it's bad. You know, he's, he's left the ice, he's in an ambulance, we've got – you know, our, uh, one of our sports science guys moving with him right now and, 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 and his wife's getting to the hospital. So, um, you know, I can't comment on typically the investigation of what the, you know, Dallas's role in it is on it. That's, that's up to them. But I know from our standpoint, um, you know, he had to spend the night, he got into the emergency room. And so we had a liaison basically, uh, that acted between, you know, who stayed with him along with his wife and made sure that we got, you know, what was the update and what was going on. And uh, from, from our standpoint, we tried to do everything we could. We flew his wife home, obviously, after the surgery with him, along with a liaison to take care of him and who was constant contact with our trainers and our doctors uh, back in Arizona. But we don't travel with a dentist and we don't travel with a, a doctor. Uh, that's provided by the other club. 
So there, so for us, you know, we had to allocate our trainers to move back and look after the other 22 players going the other way. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that we took care of them uh, under under the protocol and make sure that we did above and beyond. And we had actually had David Ludwig uh, from Hockey Ops also in town, making sure that everything was handled properly. What is the protocol when you leave? Well, you want to make sure that he's got somebody. You know, a lot of times their knees or whatever, and the player has to get on a plane the next day so you 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 tend you know tend to make sure that you have someone stay with them so they can help them shower get dressed get to the airport carry the luggage it's little things that you can't do that's technically the way it works is that you want to make sure that you have somebody stay with the player to make sure that they can do that um uh, most of the injuries aren't that significant where it's like it's you know it requires a basically a, an air ambulance to fly them back to to az uh, but you always want to make sure that as a as, an, as a team that you provide help for that player uh when that when that how an injury happens on the road okay i just want to ask something about the injury itself because yeah. you were a defenseman and you yeah. had to like when you watched that were you a guy were you blocking shots you're tall enough it probably didn't Everyone, yeah, like if it hits yeah. your head, it's going over the glass. <laughs> but do, 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 like, how do you stand? How does you so Valimaki stand in front of another shot the rest of his career? It's an interesting. It's a, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, they're rockets, and yeah. they're coming off that the new sticks. You know, extremely fast. And I'm and I always say like, I wonder why how it doesn't happen more. Yeah. Um, but I think that you just have to know it's it's kind of a fluke, and it and it happened, and you know there's a reason that you know the, the goodness of your face, your eyes, and that are protected with the visor if you wear it the right way. Uh, you know that's the most important thing. Everything else can kind of be fixed, and uh, you got to get back on the horse. But it is frightening back there, and uh, I know we had Pareko, uh, you know, and he used to he was over 100 miles an hour slap shot like it. He didn't know where it was going sometimes too, so I think it was kind of frightening for the for the other team. They used to scatter when he when he'd shoot it. Um, so we want to ask you about the kind of the state of the team right now. Obviously, yeah. just went on a crazy five game winning streak against all the most recent Stanley Cup champions. And then, you know, it's been a little bit of a slide right now, yeah. losing four games. So right now at this point in December, what's your overall assessment of the team um, as far as strengths and weaknesses? Well, it, it's a great question because, you know, we often ask that ourselves every day, you know, in the organization. And our, our goal this year is to play meaningful games. And, and we are. Uh, tonight's game, we are one point out of a playoff spot. And it, it is a it is a big game for us tonight. And we're going through, you know, a, you know, a period where we haven't uh, we haven't been able to win. So there's stress of that. It's 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 exactly where we want to be. If you look at, you know, the inside numbers of the power play, you know, and and we've 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 become a better power play team. We've taken a step. I think we're over 24 percent and our penalty kills over 80 percent. Uh, we've got a good home record. Our road record has improved. So all the right things are happening for us as, as, as an organization. Now we're going through a, a little bit of a, a losing streak here, but I, I've never been on a, or been a part of an organization that hasn't gone through that. And you, you either make it or break it. This will break you or you're going to be come stronger coming out the backside of this and you learn something going through this process and this is a part of the process for us you know we all love the five game win streak when we're beating up on stanley cup champions and now we're on the backside of that and now we've got to figure a way out of that and that's that comes down to your character your effort and your team bonding together you know uh, in this in this in this particular time but i'm overall in the big picture i'm extremely happy uh this is kind of what we said we were where we we're going to be and, and this is where we are Speaking of overcoming things, center depth is such a critical component yep. to success in the NHL. How do you think the injuries to Jack McBain, Barrett Hayton, Travis Boyd, three centers, 
have impacted this team? Well, they've impacted us more on the road to be anything because we don't get last change uh, on the road. And so when we get on there, we're kind of at the mercy of what the other team is doing. And you can see our face-off percentage dive down and that 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 doesn't allow us to control the game whether it's you know power play pk or or just important draws that happen during the course of the game so it has affected us it's affected some of the lines you know with schmoltz and and kells if you think about that line when hayden was there last year they're probably the second best line five on five in the nhl and now all of a sudden he's gone and you're now you're scrambling to replace that and, and hayes has such a great effect where he really just you know can can help that line and complement that line, but because what he does in front of the net, so he's extremely uh, important to that line. But I think even in the minors, we get Kirkland injured, yeah. so the the depth just we were lucky enough to have Kerfoot who can play uh, you know uh, center for us and, and add in, uh, but it has taken its toll, especially on the road games. Um, and you know if you're going to be really good as a team, you do it through improving your center ice, and uh, it has hurt us with the injuries. What have you made of the contribution? I think I asked you this recently, but what what have you made of the contributions of the uh, the four truly new players? Yeah. Sean Dursey, you mentioned Kerfoot, Zucker, and Matt Dumba. Well, it's it's interesting. It always takes a little bit. Of, it takes longer than you think to get for those guys to get comfortable, get used to driving to the rink, the coaches, the teammates, and their line mates. And you know you can slowly sleep, see it turn. You know Kerfoot had that span where all of a sudden his game just took off. And yep. you could see the impact that he had, whether it's killing penalties, jumping in on the first line, or accumulating points that we needed in particular games. And now you can see it with Zucker. Zucker's game is starting to take off. You know, I believe his last last five games, he's around four points. So you can see him start to get comfortable uh, with his team and with his teammates and start to kind of produce. You know, Matt Dumba's been a huge ad for us. Um, you know, he's been up and down to some degree, but lately he's played really, really good hockey for us. And he's a strong, uh, steady veteran leader. And if you think about how many times he's helped his team in Minnesota, his former team, get into the playoffs, we need that. We need that leadership from the backside. And I still feel there's more growth in Matt, too, once he gets even more comfortable with the organization. That's one of the questions I want to follow up on was Matt Dumba. Yep. And he's a guy that came in here with pretty lofty expectations. Yep. On a, he had a different role in Minnesota. I think he was a shutdown guy with Brodeen there. Yeah. And I think maybe he maybe he did it to himself. Maybe he put on too big of a expectations yeah. on his own game. Because we saw him from the outside, maybe, I don't want to say struggle. That's not the right word. Yeah. But, but, but maybe he was taking on too much. And like you said, he's settling in now. Yeah. Do you think that he has finally reached where you wanted him to be? Well, well, well Matt's a deep, caring guy. He, he cares about the team. He cares about the progress of the team. Nobody takes it harder. Uh, when, when we lose than him. So I, I do agree. I, I think sometimes players can try and do too much. Um, you know, and sometimes you're at your best as a defenseman when less is more all of a sudden and you're just volume pucking, moving, getting it up the ice, letting the forwards do the work. And we, we have such a talented forward group. The quicker we can move it to our forwards and let them go to work, when it's on Krauser, Stick, or Michelli, or Keller, and Schmoltz, good things are happening for us offensively, and we just have to volume puck, move it out of our zone. And I think that just takes time as your identity, as your team. It's a new team. There's a lot of players that have been added into our team, and they've done a great job bonding. Uh, but but to get to that next level, it takes a little bit more time, and I think those guys are starting to settle in right now. wanted to come back to the fourth player, uh, Sean Dersey, who yeah. – Got off to a hot start. Seemed to plateau a little bit, in, at least yeah. in terms of production. Obviously, he's been hurt recently. We had heard maybe some criticisms about the defensive side of his game coming yeah. in. I just wonder what the total packages look like to you 
thus far? Well, you know, I, I got to work with Larry Robinson, and one of his things was you don't really know a defenseman until they've played over 200 games, you know. So, yeah. he, you know, his age is up, you know, I think he's 25 now, but he hasn't – there's not a lot of wear and tear and a lot of, not a lot of NHL games on his body, and he's still trying to figure out his exact role. And the difference between – him playing in LA or him playing for the Yotes is about five minutes or maybe even seven minutes of ice time per game. And that's a lot of ice time for a D man to handle. And they have to learn how to play in those moments. You're playing more ice. You're, you're, you're tired, yeah. you know, and you've got to be a little bit more responsibility and know when you're tired to move that puck and don't turn it over. And that takes a little bit of time on his end, but I, I've loved his competitiveness. I loved what he's bring to the team. You watch him practice and how hard he plays the game. You know, he fits right into our culture and what we're trying to get accomplished. We want to ask you about Logan Cooley. Um, yeah. You know, obviously his first season in the NHL. We've seen some growing pains from him. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious from your point of view, what, what you've seen from him, where he needs to improve, and then what positives you see in his game. Well, Logan's done a great job this year. You know, I think there's a lot of comparisons to, you know, hey, is it Fantilli? Is it Carlson? Is it yeah. is it Bedard? You know, how's the race going? Is he in the race? And all these these things you see out there. But if you just look at his body of work and what he's been able to accomplish so far, you know, he's close to half a point. I think he's over half a point a game. He's he's second in, in assists for rookies in the NHL. And he's he's had a huge impact for us. Um and you see games out of him where they're, they're highlight games. You're like, oh, my God, look at his ability to push the pace. He's, he's close to 23 miles an hour off the rush. He's a unique player for us because he can push the pace of our game and, and, and make us a faster team. Um, but you also see some of the, you know, the rookie mistakes that happen. And that's a part of the growth. And that's why we felt it was important for him to come in this year, have some of that, that you know, that growth that's going to happen to him and make that next step and get better the one thing you love about this kid is he if he has a bad game the next game he's coming back hard he knows he's self-aware he knows he didn't play well and you know if coach has a moment where he says okay you know i want you to improve he comes back he does that he studies film he works at it one of the, the big picture with us we could let him run wild and he'd probably have over twice the amount of points that he has now. But if you do that, you know, you're not raising your kids properly. And, and you've got to remember something. Five years from now, Logan's probably going to be our best player on our team. And it's important that he knows how to play on the D side of the puck. And if we just let him run wild on the offense and then come back to him and say, hey, you know what, we expect you to play defense now, that's, you know, it's – that's not the, they're never going to go back and change. So he's learning to play the 200 foot game, learning to play the right way. And, and that's going to help us out to win championships. And along the same lines, he's such a good skater that he can play defense at one end and get up the ice just as quickly and, and play offense, you know, and, and push the pace. So it's, it's a lot. A centerman in the NHL as a young player, it's hard. It's not an easy position. You talk about, we've talked a lot on this show about the comparisons between Logan Cooley and Connor Bedard. And, and yeah. something you said there is really interesting. The difference is Connor Bedard's playing first line, first power play. Every time he's jumping over the boards, he, he knows he's going. He's playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. He's putting up points. But Logan Cooley here, second, third line minutes. He's right. not always the first guy in the power play. He's not, And I think long term, maybe that is the benefit. Do you think... The, the hockey world today with the social media and the expectations of, hey, he's a top draft pick. He should be good yeah. today. Do you think that's part of the problem oh, is the way he's looked at? Yeah, I, I do think it is it is a part of the, uh, the the issue that they have is that there's all these pressure about it. But you have to remember, we're in a different spot than Columbus. 
we're in a different spot than Anaheim and we're in a different spot than Chicago. We're a club that's right on the verge of trying to get into that wild card spot and playing meaningful games. So our team is a lot different than their teams, you know. And so for for us, you know, and I've had this, you know, if you think about it, he plays close to somewhere between 18 to 20 minutes per game. Those are great minutes. Those are meaningful minutes for him. And it gives him a chance to kind of grow. I, I get worried as a GM if you're only doing – you know, hey, listen, you're only playing 10 minutes a game. It, that, that's hard to develop in there. You never get a rhythm of the game where what he's doing right now is he's playing meaningful minutes and he's certainly pushing the pace. And, uh, you know, there's going to be more growth. I, I, I have a good feeling that Logan has played well now, but I still feel like he can even get better as the season goes along. And if you look at his history of playing, he does it everywhere he's been, whether it's been the program or Minnesota, he continues, it grows and, and matches that expectation. Had people from the the program and from Minnesota say that very thing. So yep. it'll be interesting to watch over the second half of the season. Bill, so much attention is paid to draft picks and free agents when yep. building a roster. But you've proven with players like Connor Ingram, Michael Carcone, <laughs> Yusuf Valimaki that there are other ways to fill the cracks of a roster. What has been your philosophy in that regard? Well, when I sat with the staff and we finally got the, the, all the staff built, I just said, you know, you know, the amateurs are the stars right now. I said they're they're, they're going to go out there and make the big picks and get their the fancy suits and you know all the attention on TV. I said, but everybody in this 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 room is is going to have huge impact because if you think about it, a Stanley Cup team is built somewhere fifty percent through draft, and then the other fifty percent is built through your your pro staff. That's your waiver pickups. That's your trades or using picks to trade for players. That's that's all those little things that that make a difference. And if you look at a Stanley Cup roster, the normal build of it is over 50% is done by your, your pro staff. So for us, we have to have our entire hockey ops make a difference from our analytics to our pro scouts, to our amateur scouts, to our development. Everybody has to have an impact and ha- everybody has to have some, some, you know, they got to have a little bit in, in, in the fight. They got to be in there. So I, I love what we've done on the development side. I think those guys have done a, an amazing job, uh, but everybody's had their little uh, piece so far where, you know, they can, you know, I guess say that they've helped the Yotes to take that next step. We do. We'd take off from the, the ice for a minute and go inside the coach's room for a yep. minute. We, you've talked about Andre Turney and what he brings. He brings, an, uh, you know, whether it's a culture or it's an yeah. atmosphere of guys like to go to the rink, and that's kind of builds relationships. Yeah. It's the third season now that he's been with you. Yeah. How do you assess his performance with this team? Because I know we talked last year. It wasn't always on wins and losses. Yeah. So where is he at in your eyes right now? Well, I, I like what he's done. He's established a culture. I'm going to tell you a couple of things. I went to practice the other day, and, you know, the, the way that the team practiced and how hard they practiced and their buy-in – uh, was so important on the ice for us. And you could see the caring of, of the group, you know, and as we go through this, this, the streak, we got on, you know, the, the, the plane to get, to get home from Pittsburgh and you could see the group, how pissed off they were. You, you could see the fact that we'd gone on the road and lost a few games and they were not happy about it. And that's what he's done. He's raised the expectations. The culture has changed. The effort has changed. Um, so I love what he's done with the group. And, and, I, and, I, and the reason that we hired him is one of the reasons was because of his effect on young players and how hard he works behind the scenes with videos, with video analytics and teaching the young players and their growth during the season. 
he's had kids that, you know, when you're in junior hockey coach and you have the 15-year-old, you have the 20-year-old, there's a big difference. Do you just work with the 20-year-old or do you do you work with both? And he's he has had the ability to get, you know, in there and work with both. And I like that. He's done a great job with our young players, but he also is continually coaching uh, the older players and he's had great effect on our team. And I like where we're at. I like where he's at. He has a lot of respect from the guys. I don't want to overstate this, uh, but, you know, as someone that's been around this team in PD, obviously, as well, he seems to develop a relationship with the players. And we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Again, it's a cliche, but you really sense it with this guy that there's there's a closeness with the yeah. players that I haven't seen before. Yeah, and, and there's an there's energy inside the group that he brings out through his, his games that he plays, and he keeps it fun. And it's still the NHL. They're still boys. <laughs> they yeah. still got to have fun in that dressing room. They still got to come and want to be at the in the dressing room and want to be in the fight. And that's what he does great. He, he gets – if you watch our practice, you can see the guys hooting and hollering and having some fun. At the same time, he's very demanding. That's, that's hard to do as a coach, and I think he does that well. Mm. I have one more question with Andre Journey. What's your relationship with him? And I don't mean, can yeah. you go out for coffee? I mean, after a game, like, especially after a tough game. Yeah. Do you have, is there a cooling off period between the GM and the coach? Or do you go talk then? Or do you wait till the next day? What's your working relationship like? Um, for the most part, after the games, you know, if, if there's a win, I'll go in and have conversations with him about what has to improve, what has to be done next. Are there any changes for the next day? Um, when, when we lose, um, there are times where I, where I go in, the, I go in there, um, and we talk about certain things, um, you know, and, you know, he'd sit and ask me, Hey, what's your view from up top? I'd give him my perspective. There are times that are really tough and I stay out of there. And I know that there's emotional, I've been a coach in there and, and I know that I'm emotional. I know that he's emotional and nothing good can, can happen in that conversation. And, and those are the ones that will text each other. Hey, you know, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And we pick up the phone and talk and we walk through it. We've had a good night's sleep. The sun's come up. Everything's going to be okay. And, you know, you can have that conversation. Um, nothing for the most part, if you go in there and you're both emotional, anything really good comes of it. So I, I've coached and I know that. So I, probably one of my strengths is to kind of stay out of that area um, when I know that it's, you know, it's a tough loss and he's emotional. You know, our thought process is way better in the morning. At the start of the season, you said you didn't think this team was quite ready for the playoffs. Today, they're one point out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Has Have they changed your mind or do you stand by that? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm going to give you a little wishy-washy on this one. Um, you know, confidence comes from a source, right? So if, if, if we're playing well and we're, and we're responding and we're in the fight, then, you know, I feel like we're a playoff team. If, if we're not doing that then I feel like we're not, we're not going that way. Then that's my, those are my thoughts. You know, it, it comes from a source, my belief, you know, so it's a day to day, it's a day to day process that we go through, you know, and, and seeing what the team is, is capable of. Do we, you know, when we're down by, by two or three goals, you know, one night, are we pushing to come back or are we rolling over? You know, you're always watching as a GM, you know, what are we doing in the big games? You know, when it's a and, you know, we're protecting a one goal league. Can we close? Can we close that out? You know, is it can we come back one nothing down? So there's all these little things that I use as sources, you know, to answer that question. I'm not ready yet to answer that <laughs> okay. question. How's we'll, that? we'll follow but up later. But you're also in the middle of December. You're one For, point out yeah, and yeah. you look at the last two Decembers. Yeah, we sure as heck weren't talking about playoffs the last two December. So right. even if it's meaningful games that. These guys are scoreboard watching yeah. and standings watching. 
even if they fall short it, yeah. and we're not saying they are but even it's still okay as you're still yeah. progressing towards that ultimate goal yes because we we we've we've gotten better as a as an organization with the picks and, and and all the players that we've added um along with our numbers and improving our team that's on the ice right now so yes in the big picture we're moving in the right direction and that's what you're really really excited about because you want to get to a point as an organization that you're making the playoffs every year. Whether you win it every year or not, I, I can't answer that. It's a pretty tricky team. There's 31 other clubs trying to win yep. it too. But you want to be an organization that's pushing the envelope and you know you're getting in every single year because of, of the talent that's in your organization. And that's what you had in St. Louis. Like the, the expectation in St. Louis, yep. you, yeah, we're making the playoffs. It's Get past not, the second round. It's not winning yep. the cup. It's we're making it and then we'll see where it goes. Yep. And I think that this team – is exactly what this franchise needs. The fan base needs. It just yep. needs to know, hey, we, we to win a championship in any sport is difficult. Hockey is beyond difficult yep. to win a Stanley Cup. But you have to be part of the group that's, that's winning and making an effort to get there. And I think we've all said it for the last three years. You see the baby steps, and now it's starting to go, gosh, we're talking playoffs. Yeah. It's exciting for us yeah. to sit and talk playoffs now. So it, the future is bright. Yeah. All right, if – this is a question you'll be asked yeah. about 40 more yeah. times before yeah. we get there, before we get to the trade deadline. But if this team is hovering around a playoff spot yeah. near the trade deadline, what's the plan? Are you interested in big ticket rentals, maybe depth rentals, Sean Dursey type acquisitions yeah. through trades or big trade acquisitions? I, I don't know what your thought process is. Well, I think we're open to all of the above. I don't know if a rental would help us uh, in, in, at the end of the day. We've acquired a assets. And if you look at all, though, I think we have 10 um, – 10 second rounders over the next three years. We've got seven third rounders over the next three years. But that doesn't mean we want to give those away. You know, okay. it's got it's got to make sense for long term. So if we're going to put a package of picks together, which we've done for the Derseys and the McBains of the world, um, then it makes sense because they're with us and they're and they're going to help us grow. And I, I would look for opportunities to do that more so than just giving away something for something. You know, um, it doesn't mean, hey, all of a sudden we, we get banged up down the stretch and we got to give a third for 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 a depth sentiment or something like that. Right. That, that okay. could happen to us. Um, but at the same time, we look for the big picture on, you know, can we add somebody to our organization that's going to help us, you know, two, three years down the road? And that pays more dividends in my mind than, than, than anything. And we've got assets to do so. Yeah. And you kind of answered my next question. because 13 picks in the first two rounds of the next three drafts, which yep. is an insane amount. You say you're willing to do that. How do you decide where that line sits, where you know, okay, it's time yep. to make a move like this versus, oh, it's too soon. Let's not rush this process. Yeah. Well, we, one of the things that we do is anything that comes available, anybody's talking about it on Twitter anybody's talking about a trade that could possibly come we look at everything that, that's my job every morning to wake up and put it on the board and discuss it and we beat it up inside the hockey ops you know through our scouts the pro the amateur the coaches we put everything on the board to make sure that hey could this help us and could this help us long term uh, because you, you just don't want to go past something everything's in play and that's the same way we were able to get the Valimakis of the world or the ingrams in the world we're discussing absolutely everything and every option to bring in players i'm glad you brought that up because you mentioned twitter and there's rumors that float on twitter from yeah. time to time as you know yeah what percentage of the discussions are like <laughs> that you're actually having or the things that you're considering do you think actually see the light of day in public 
it's oh, a good question. I, I've never really thought about it that way. I, I think there's some people that put stuff out on Twitter that it's not even like you're laughing behind the scenes. But then there are times where you're like, hey, is there a mic in the room? <laughs> hey, there's something going on. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you, Twitter's, I mean, listen, you use it for what it is. It's, it's, it definitely has, it keeps you, hey, so-and-so got injured on this team and you're like, okay, now their next move is. And, and, and if you're good on the pro side and you're, you're director of pro and, and, and you're head analytics, they're always going through the cap. You know, hey, this happened. What's the next thing? They're putting this guy in LTIR. So you're anticipating what all those teams are doing and how could you help them? <laughs> yes. Or how can they help you, you know, in the mm. process? And that's, to me, that's, I think it's important, and I'm going to kind of reiterate it, is you yeah. see a lot of big names getting kicked around right now. Yeah. And, and pretty, pretty likely that this team isn't going to go for a 35, 36-year-old big name right. player right. that doesn't fit into your long-term plans. I yeah. think it's really important. We saw, I personally, I'm going to use his name. When Patrick Kane went to the Rangers last year, I said, that's a bad, how are they putting him into that right. mix in that room right. at this time? So I don't think the Coyotes, I don't think we're hearing from you that that's what you're looking for. But if there's someone that can help you, yeah. not just the rest of this year, but next year, the year after or down the road, you're definitely open to that. Oh, absolutely. I think I think there's 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 some players out there that will generally be moved out. You know, some teams are now, you know, coming clear that they might have to rebuild. And hey, listen, we've got to move this player out. We can acquire this. We've got to explore that every single time that comes up. We've got to go through that process and see what we can give and how can that person or that player make us better inside our locker room. And obviously, long term has a factor for us. We're we're playing long ball here with our team. And that's and we, Jersey. That's yeah. exactly what we did with this. Yeah, and he's he's the same. And uh, I mean, we've you know, listen, if, if we just look short term with this this team, we could spend all our assets. But I don't know if it would make us any better long term. So I think there's there has to be a plan and there has to be a lot of discussion on on acquiring somebody to make us better long term. The uh, there's a trade freeze during the holidays, which yep. I, I like that the NHL does that <laughs> uh, starts starts midnight on Wednesday. Do you expect to be quiet before that freeze? Uh, well, it depends on what goes on, you know, <laughs> wins, losses, those occurs, injuries occur and, and you have to make deals. But you're definitely respectful of the player. Um, I've had to make one of those calls right around Christmas time, and it's just, it's the worst. You know, it's it's really, it is, it is the worst, and you feel for the player. Um, and, and listen, fans say, well, he makes millions of dollars and so-and-so, but, you know, it, it is tough on the players. And, you know, you have to respect that fact. I, I try to reach out to the players later on after the trades and and just talk to them a little bit about it at, at times. And, you know, they're, they're upset, but, I think they have a better understanding of why it happened, uh, usually after with, with some uh, thought process behind it. You, know? you sit here with a point out of the playoffs right now. Yep. Do you, and you talked about all these assets. Do you as a general manager ever get up in the morning and go, gosh, we're really close. And do you ever think of selling the future? Do you ever go, like, what, what holds you back from going, gosh, if I got this guy and this guy, we might be able to make a run this year. Like, yep. to temper that excitement that we're doing good right. with – we need to be good next year. Well, I, I, listen, I think that every morning. I mean, I get up trying to improve the club. That's that's the way you have to think. How can how can we improve our club every single day? You know, is it calling somebody up from the minors? Is it acquiring somebody that you think has a chance from the minors? You have to go through that process. And that's a, that's a healthy process to have. At the end of the day, you know, you also have to have your staff weigh in and, and, and keep, keep 
keep it going in the right way. We've, I think we've made a lot of good decisions, whether it's been our signings, you know, the Kraus contract or, or Michelli's contract or Ingram's contract, um, you know, along with some of the other pe- people that we've picked up along the way and, you know, Dursey for a second, McBain for a second. And, we, and we've got to continue to build smartly and think long-term. Um, you know, what we've been able to accomplish so far has been great because it's given fans hope. They come to the game. You know, there's not a fan that hasn't watched this year that hasn't thought, oh, my God, I, I can see I can see it coming, you know. And, and as long as you're showing hope uh, to your fans, and we've tried to be, uh, thank God for this show, as transparent uh, with our movement and, and what we're trying to accomplish with this team to our fan base and get it out there. And because of that, I, I do believe, you know, when uh, the other day I got lost and I had to go through the, the front of uh, Buffalo's arena and I ran into all these Yotes fans and they were like, uh, you know, they knew the plan. They're like, keep going. You know, so it was kind of like, I think the transparency that we've had as an organization with our fan base has been great. And I think they trust it. They can see it coming. That's awesome. Well, speaking of Yotes fans, um, <laughs> this next section of questions comes directly from them. We reached out to yep. our diehards. And by the way, this was a, a unique opportunity for our diehards and our members only Discord. Um, so if you want to become a diehard, I highly recommend doing so. You can sign up and get access to our Discord, a free shirt or hat when you sign up, 20% off merch and events, um, as well as a ton of extra exclusive content and more to come in 2024 as well. So thank you to all of our diehards who ask questions. You know, I had to be selective and only pick a few. We have some hockey ones. We have some fun ones. So it'll be a good mix. Um, but we can go ahead and get started with the first question. This one comes from Mike Gold, who said, Bill, what are your thoughts on Victor Soderstrom's progression this season? And do you think he's capable of being even a small part of the Coyotes future? That's a great question. Uh, Victor's done a great job. You know, he he came into training camp and obviously there was some competition. Now we've added Kessel Ring and you bring back Stetcher and Dumba comes in and Dermott's there. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, as a player, it's hard for him because he didn't want to go back down to the minors. What I liked about what he did was he went back down to the minors and he's played better and better and better. And now he's making us, you know, having to make a tough decision because he's playing so well down there that you know he's you know he's pushing for for a spot so i think at some point and you know how the 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 injuries work um during the course of the year there's going to be opportunity for victor at some point in time and he's done a great job at rounding out out his game and becoming more effective let me ask this one next one we'll go for the next one question two from cooper krigbaum what's the best response or answer from a draft interview question you or someone else asked (laughs) you remember a good one um, Put you on the spot I, there. I can tell you a funny story. Um, it was about Kutlak that's in in um, in uh, Calgary. I don't know if this, this is one. So during the process, you're interviewing anywhere from 50 to 90 kids. Wow. In St. Louis, we did a lot of kids. And so you kind of get giddy in there, you know, and you kind of you get like, you know, just kind of out of it because they're just rolling through. <laughs> and so there's a little bit of a break and – you know, and and he walked in and he started speaking English. And and I was like, oh, my God, you, you speak English so well. Like, check name, Kulak. Like, that's unbelievable, you know. And he looked at me and he said, well, I hope I do. I'm, I'm from Saskatoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, there, there, there's some funny, there's some, there's some funny moments in there where I was interviewing the one kid. I was all over. I'm like, who loves you the most? Who loves, like, t- tell me. And he goes, well, my mom loves me the most, but <laughs> you, know, like, you just have those funny, funny little moments, you know? Oh my 
And I always, I always equate when you're interviewing them, when you get them to the right temperature. And I always say, if you go in there so hard with them, you know, they, they put their back up and they're answering the questions, you know, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But it's almost like when you go across the border and the border guard will say to you, you know, you're going from Canada into the U.S. Like, oh, my God, you work for the Arizona. Co-. You're like, GM, that's incredible. And he gets it. And then he looks you in the mirror, in the face. He goes, you got any drugs and alcohol? Or guns and <laughs> and, and he, what he gets from you is your true response because he gets you at a cognitive ease where you, yeah. you start having yeah. conversations. So I've always felt like if you get him in the room and you can make him laugh a little bit, get him to tell you a joke. Okay, what's your thing? Get them to the point where. You know, it's 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 uh, you know, and sometimes you know, you'd say to them, "Hey, you know, we know the truth." And if there's a controversial guy, we know the truth, and this just tells the story. And you're like this when he's telling the story, you're like, "Oh, I didn't know that." <laughs> you know, so it's there's, there's a lot of funny moments, but uh, yeah, most of the kids are pretty well rehearsed now. Their agents spend a pretty good time um, rehearsing those answers, and your job there is to get them uh, to relax. Um, you know, break the interview. Sometimes, sometimes the easiest way to do that is just say. Hey, you get to ask us a question. Well, they're just they're perplexed. They're like, yeah, I wasn't ready for that. That wasn't part of the script. <laughs> yeah, but you, did your approach, and I, I'm sorry to get off the script because that's what I yeah. do here. <laughs> in those meetings, like I, I've seen teams or heard of teams that it's a sports psychologist. They've got a written test yeah. that if he answers B to this one and D to that one, he's probably. In, are, are you just there trying to find out what's inside? Our, our work's already done behind the scenes. There's some questions that the local uh, scout has about, you know, hey, what about this game? Did you play well? Um, but nowadays, you have to be extremely respectful f- to the player. There is Twitter, and they can come out right. If, if you get – back in the day, they would try and break them. Listen, there's 20 minutes. Yeah. It's it's the old, like, Lance Armstrong interview where you ask him one question, and he runs out 20 minutes on you, and you never get a chance to ask the second <laughs> one. The kids are very well rehearsed that if they have a slight issue – uh, coming into the combine, they're very well rehearsed. You're never going to break them on it. Like if they answer honestly and they they explain it, you're good. You're very happy inside. If they don't, and even if they lie to you, you're just saying in your back of mind, keep lying. I know you're lying. I know the answer. It's yep. you're never going to confront them. And and I think there's a balance to the way that you do that. And you always want to make sure when they leave the room that they they know. You know, we interviewed them for a purpose. We like them. That's that's why we're in that room. All right. Next question from our diehards. This one comes from Major Nelson, who said, you're on the record as being someone who builds hockey teams and not arenas. However, I'm wondering if there's a feature aspect or food option or any other aspect that you particularly like in any one of the other 31 NHL arenas that you would like to see implemented in the Coyotes new building. Great question. Yeah, it's a great question. I I think there's so we study the buildings. You know, I, I do say that I that I don't build arenas i build hockey teams but i look at a lot of arenas <laughs> and i take a lot of good ideas and i would like to build the arena uh you know and, and if you look at like for the players the wives room can be special you know uh, with the kids coming out the way that they park um i love the way when you go to a son's game you roll out if you're in the bottom section there uh you know you roll in right into your car and you're on the highway in about two minutes it's just it's incredible and they've got valet parking i think they do an unbelievable job in that arena of having the parking it's the best parking I've seen. So there's little things. You go into Seattle, they have these bunkers where nowadays you can be at your seat and there's a seating that goes right down into a bunker below you and you have all your food and you can hang out there in per- periods. And or the other, and you can watch the players exit um, from the benches. So there's a lot of new ways to view games and the scoreboards that they have and how they can make it. And Dallas has the cheerleaders and the way they have it set up and just getting the fans into involved with the lighting show and everything there's just so many special things i think for us i would like to see us when we're building our arena here in az 
I would like to see them build it special with every the greatest part of every arena and bring it into our arena make it the loudest most rocking listen we're in the win being being an or being a good organization you're going to be in the win winning game you've got to win but you also have to entertain and i've been in some buildings lately where i don't know the organ music you know it it's okay but you can't play it for 60 minutes <laughs> yeah. it doesn't it's an our fans are different than 60 years ago. They've all got phones in their hand. They want to be entertained and it's access. Get them involved in the game. We are in the entertainment business. Wins come first, but we've got to entertain our fans. And when they go there, we need them singing Yotes songs, be up you know, with the white towels, getting everybody involved. It's got to make everybody walking out of there feeling like they're part of the Yotes and it's the most exciting thing they've ever seen in their life. Great answer. I'm ready. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, all right. Next diehard question. This one comes from Mike Lang, who asks, have you ever had any dangerous encounters with Arizona wildlife, such as coyotes, rattlesnakes, black widows, mountain lions, bobcats, or Craig Morgan? <laughs> 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 he did throw that in. So. Oh, that's, that's a good question. We, we've, we've, we've had a, a couple of snakes go across the in, in the snake season, and I wasn't here. Um, uh, but my son, uh, who at the time played for, for BU, had all his buddies in there. And they might have partaked that, that, that day in going to uh, – what's that uh, town around Tempe that uh, you know, the, all the young kids go out? They might have gone there and gone hard because I think it was their <laughs> spring break. I don't I – don't, he's around the corner actually. He's in town. I don't want to ask him about it. But they were all passed out on the patio and some of them couldn't find their beds. And there was this massive snake on no. the camera going across no. the patio and they weren't moving. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I've never seen a snake in Arizona, I have to be honest. But apparently it, it had come out there and there was there was pictures of it. Um, so there that and, and there's a couple of bobcats. Um, the coyotes are in the neighborhood. Um, you can hear them when they get somebody's poodle. Um, <laughs> they celebrate oh like nobody's God. business. And, you know, somebody's. Yeah. Dog went missing in Paradise Valley. Oh, yeah. um, you, when when Stan and, and Bobby, our two Frenchies, go out to go to the bathroom, you go with them yeah. um, just to make sure they got a little protection. You know, it's kind of like you know having Obi on the line. You know, you got a little yeah. protection. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh! All right, next question. Question number five from Luke Anthony. What are your thoughts on the seasons of Dmitry Simashev and, and Daniel? Is it by the way? Is it Daniel or Daniel Boot? Daniel Here, Boot. Daniel. Okay. Daniel Boot, yeah. Are they playing as well as you hoped? Uh, obviously, the situation <laughs> comes into into play as well where they yeah. are it's a tough league you're in the yeah. khl uh, they're in locomotive it's, it's it's a fabulous franchise with a fabulous culture with a hard-nosed russian coach that's not letting those rookies away with one thing <laughs> um and so their ice time is dictated by their play and it, it, is the club winning at the time and Dan, danielle and and and, and, and Simashev have done a great job um at really being a part of that team and helping that team win. And some of their big moments this year, these kids have, have had unbelievable games. I'm so proud of both of them, especially Danielle. He's put up half a point a game um, and with limited ice time. It's it's incredible the amount of points this guy has put up. Uh, what fans in Arizona are going to like about him, what they're going to notice about him is he's 6'9". Uh, <laughs> oh, my and, God. And he can, he can skate and he's skilled and he can score and make plays. But what you're going to love about him is his work ethic is incredible. 
He strips pucks with his long stick. He goes to the tough areas. He play a, he plays a man's game out there. And you're going to love his skill. And he's on the puck 24-7, and he continues to get better. And he's going to be a little bit like Tage Thompson where – you know, it takes it's a longer runway when you draft people that are that are taller. It's going to take them a little bit longer to figure it out, and especially at the speed. But he's playing it with the second highest level in the world, and he's got half a point a game on limited ice time. It's incredible what he's done. Our fans are going to love to see him. And Simashev is, and I will stick by this and saying this, and I'll say this right on camera. Out of all the big men, you know, I've been a part of drafting. I've never drafted a player that can skate like this at this size, that can close like that. Uh, his offense hasn't come out in the KHL, but he's playing upwards of 18 minutes a game and all the big things. And if you watch him play, you can see the footwork and the size um, and what he can do defensively. And he he showed small flashes of his offense. He doesn't get to play that game at that level. Um, but I love where he's going. And, and, I, and, and we're so excited about drafting these two particular players. And, you know, when they come in, it's going to be exciting. Is it hard because it's Christmas time now? Yeah. Do you look at those two players kind of like the Christmas present that you really want to unwrap and play with right now, but you know you have to wait till Christmas Day? Yeah, we've had the ability to draft so many first-rounders that we have the ability to wait and be patient and bring those guys over in a couple of years. And that's going to be a huge thing for us because they're going to be coming out of a league where they can pl- move right from that league right into the NHL and have direct impact for our organization. So that's going to be a huge part uh, of us moving forward. But they're a little bit like dessert, you know. <laughs> you know you still got it coming, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, this next question comes from Yotefan790, who asks, when you start attending the game as a scout, what are some things you now notice during a game or even – a given play that maybe you never did as a quote average fan or even as a player and this is something for me i'm interested yeah. in too as someone who didn't coach wasn't ever a scout like what are you looking at well the first thing that jumps out at me is, is physical ability it's the first thing it's the skating it's the size at the skill level how fast they operate second thing that jumps out is the hockey sense you know can can he play around people can he make people better on the ice does he have that elite hockey sense where he has deception in the game um, and, and I watched that today. Like my brain's been forever changed. I can't just watch a game and be a fan. So mm-hmm. my brain's tuned in. And now when I was a coach, I used to watch systems. Now I watch instinct and players and, and their physical ability. And, you know, there are times every scout has their strength. Every scout has their weakness of what players they like. And, and you think about being a scout. I come from a playing background, assistant coach, coach, and then a teacher of the game through hockey school. And then I get on the ice. I have certain guys that I can, I can, I go to a game and I can pick out. And other games, you know, there are times it takes a little bit longer, or it takes a scout to write, "Hey, this guy's five foot nine. I know you don't like him. You know, you got to need to go back, or he's a big guy that you don't think can move a puck, but he really can. You just caught him on a bad thing." So I think you, the greatest thing about being a scout is that you get the ability to go back and look at them again through other people's eyes or different analytics. Uh, but what you know, fans watch is a different game because you're watching the complete flow yeah. and the excitement of back and forth where when you're, when you're really scouting, you're watching sometimes one or two players and that's it. All right, three more questions for you. And this one comes from, this is question number seven, Jacob. And from a follower that's been with us for a long time, it always yeah. cracks me up when I say this. I'm a raven caw-caw. <laughs> How do you navigate the personal relationship with your players? There, there's this reality as a GM where you might have to trade them or cut them or resign them or let them go at some yeah. point. How do you navigate all that and still try to develop a relationship? 
Well, it's, I think it's tough to be honest with you. You, 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 you know, your wife is friends with, you know, their wives. We try to make them comfortable when we kind of town, we try to have relationships where we take people out for dinner and get to know them and, and figure out, is there anything we can do? How can we make it more comfortable for them as they're here? Can we get their kids in any programs or introduce them to any friends? And so you're, you're vested in the player. I think the other thing about it is that we are probably one of the most friendly organizations in the NHL. When you get on that plane, it's like, you know, happy dog day, you know, your birthday, your wife's birthday, your parents are in town. Hey, you know, like we're between coach and myself, you know, no matter what the day is, we're, we're, we're pretty friendly. And that's important, I think, as an organization, because I think it's also it's the new wave organization where, you know, you're you're having constant communication with your players and you're involved. Uh, with them it's I think it's the new age I, I don't think it's where you give them the stone face look 24 7 and they just thought that's just our GM he wants us to be better I just don't think that is the new wave so we're very but it is it, you know you and what players give you know the more they give the harder it is to get rid of them even if it's a Troy Stetcher from last year or you know you see what what you know how you know how they play and what they give for your organization. It's, it's truly tough. It, it really is uh, because you do get attached, but I mean, you know, your head's always got to rule your heart. And that's, that's a big thing as a GM. Or Minnesota native Nick Bukestead. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing it out there. I'm sure it was hard. Oh my gosh. Um, well, we, we do want to bring Kyla on the show because she, she do you want to be on the show? Kyla? She's, so, she's so I graciously need a break. That's too yeah. long for Basically, me to go. we just want to get rid of PD and replace. not the first time that's happened <laughs> to me. So Kyla, no, you can come sit over here. My wife says she's a truth sayer. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here she uh, comes. Uh, All right. We can ask them both this next question. Yes, actually, yeah. So, so we have, we still have a couple of questions. We want to get your opinion. But Kyla, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us in your beautiful home. Thank you. And for the hot cocoa. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> and for not talking about Love Island, which, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I know she gave me the look. Okay. Am I allowed to say, tell the truth? You can tell. <laughs> you already, you already <laughs> set you up. Sorry. Shaking not yet. Am I allowed? Okay. No, no. <laughs> I think by that comment, we really know what the truth is. <laughs> <laughs> this household is a big fan of Love Island. I'll just say that. It's not just me, everyone. It's not just me. Um, okay, well, we'll ask the last two questions, and then we'll ask you a couple of your own. So, Jacob, if we can get to the next question from our diehards, and this is a little bit more holiday-themed. Um, so this one comes from AZ2CO. What's your favorite Christmas or holiday movie? Oh, that's, oh, that's easy for her. This one's an easy one, but apparently it's newly controversial. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love Love Actually. It's okay. my favorite. It's tr That's tradition. Every year we watch we it, watch but it. apparently, apparently, it's getting a little bit of a bad rap lately. Oh, it's my favorite movie. Okay. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, yeah, for you yeah. too. Um, I've grown to love it after the, you know watching it <laughs> seven hundred and fifty times. I've I've grown for a new appreciation of it, and uh, yeah, I do. I do have to say, I like it too. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Love Island. Love actually. <laughs> wait, wait, Leah. What's uh, yours, by the way? Uh, mine's Christmas Vacation. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah. Craig. Right. Yeah. Mine's Elf. Yeah, that's a classic. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's a classic. Sure. <laughs> nice choice, buddy. Oh my gosh. You tell a lot about a person. But yeah, the movie it's, true. Okay. it's true. Um, okay, well, this is our, our last diehard question. This one comes from Nicholas, who asks, eggnog or fruitcake? Must pick one to have at Christmas every year. And no, this eggnog will not be spiked because I want to make this a harder decision. So pick one, eggnog Oof. or uh, fruitcake, I guess. Well, for me, very easy. Eggnog. Okay. Eggnog. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had eggnog. I have. <gasps> Which I have. Is, yeah. I Spike, though, right? 
What? Fruitcake? Petey's just chiming in like with yeah. his mouth full from the back. <laughs> Fruitcake's good, but it's, it's a really old school yeah, Christmas. I mean, if you go to our family way back in the 70s, it was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like having organ music at NHL games, right? <laughs> I mean, probably Might be in now. that same category, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think you should bring gosh. back organ music before Fruitcake, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm with true. you on that that's one. That's true. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, that's all our diehard questions. Yeah. Greg, did you have any questions for Kyla uh, since she's on? Uh, you, you don't want to share, huh? Yeah. Is there share. Anything? I don't okay. know if I'm allowed to share. We're gonna, we got to ask about the dogs because the dogs have been okay. unbelievable oh my on the gosh, show. so and, cute. And, of course, we had Stanley Baxter on a show long ago mm-hmm. when we were back in our first studio yeah. a long time ago. But you've added a second dog since. So yeah. tell yeah. us a little bit about Bobby. We hinted that we were going to add another dog. You did. Yeah. You did. You go for it, baby. Well, we we were uh, we're big fans of the Frenchies. You know, we love uh, they're they're pretty quirky. Uh, Stan's uh, really hypersensitive to anybody leaving the house without him. He thinks he's a part of the family. Uh, the more you give, the worse he gets. Uh, he 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 loves to be with the family. He's such a family. Anywhere you go, Stan's there. Um, He's uh, he's a great dog. I mean, just, you know, as a GM, you come home at night and sometimes, you know, they're, they're tough days and, you know, the dogs don't really care about the wins or losses. So Amen. I think yeah. they're they're good for the mental health of the, the whole family. And uh, uh, it's just they're they're great. And young Bobby is uh, it's just how, how would you describe Bobby? She's probably oh, like uh, she's just full of love. She's <laughs> just full love. Yeah. I can't believe how well behaved they've been. Yeah, they've been unbelievable. Also, like I've and he'll, he fell asleep at one point and I heard his little snores. Oh, I was That's worried about the snoring. So cute. <laughs> how did you get Bobby? So Stanley a, a was moment. my daughter, but Bobby was me. Um, there's a great breeder in here, and uh, I, a friend had one, and so she said they have another litter. So. <laughs> they're close though. I, I've been watching the two of them. They're they're, so they're, cute. they're buds. They're amazing. They love yeah. hanging out together. Mm. Um, he's still super anxious, but she's just full love, like just love. Kyla, I'm going to jump in because I can't stay away for that long. Like I'm just, uh, the, the attention, it's he the does attention like the I camera. need. Oh. So like the camera. We, we've talked to Bill on air several times Uh-oh. and in his role as a general manager, he just said it today. Like that, that role literally never stops. If he's awake, his mind's thinking hockey. So how do you balance that? Because you're here, you have time alone, you're, he's traveling, he's thinking, how are you able to balance that, the relationship with him as a hockey general manager and also being your husband? Well, it's not very traditional, this relationship. And I think this (laughs) industry is not, um, we started off with him scouting. So for me, it's easy because he's always been on the road. Um, He's actually home possibly a little bit more now as a GM. The difference is that this job is just full on. I mean, I thought I thought he worked hard when he was scouting, but this is it's 24 yeah. seven. Um, you know, every once in a while, I try to just pop in to have a little bit of a reality check. And I'm like, hi, let's be human. <laughs> um, but and every once in a while, I see the fun personality pop back in. Um, but uh, you know what? I I respect the fact that he works so hard. He eats, sleeps and breathes this and it's his passion. So. I have to, I have to love it. Do you ever get to a point where you're able to even put the phone down? Like just, I'm going to leave it over there for an hour while we do something. It's hard. It's, it's the reality of the job, Who right? Yeah. This? I think when you're in, in a GM or you're at head of, you're a CEO or whatever, you have to be really good at compartmentalizing things. And, and that's part of that is time too. You, sometimes I've been in situations where you, you have something that's 
not good in one room and you've got to walk in next thing you know you're doing a press conference and you're signing a kid and it's the greatest day of his life and you've got to be present mm-hmm. and you've and that's the hardest thing and same thing when you get home you have days where you know you might just have the worst loss of the season and you've got to walk in with the family and have dinner and you've got to be able to to change so that that that's probably the hardest thing uh, I, I think it's just getting compartmentalizing the different rooms that you're in and it happens quick and it's not your kid's fault that that you lost that day you know so it's yeah. it's definitely a, it's it's definitely an interesting job uh, it's probably the best job I've ever had I love it so I wouldn't trade it for the world Guys, we we cannot thank you enough for opening up your house to us. Um, yes. By the way, like so much of what you see in front of you, Kyla did before before the show <laughs> ever went live today. We got hot cocoa. It's like a gallon of hot cocoa. Hot and cocoa. I think I drank it all, by the way, because candy it's canes, really good. cookies. Petey's been eating all the cookies yeah. and not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been unbelievable. Yeah, it, it really has. So yeah. thank you so much. Well, well, hopefully we start a tradition and uh, and, and yeah. uh, this could be a wonderful thing. And thank you for coming into our house. We believe it's been great. Yeah, this has seriously been phenomenal. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for watching, for commenting. Be sure to hit the like button on this video um, before we leave. And if you're listening on audio, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe as well. You can follow our show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. And we'll be live tonight for a post-game show after the Coyotes take on the San Jose Sharks right here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. So don't miss it. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Friday, and we will see you all tonight.